You're listening to the Welcome to the Rebellion podcast. Hey, Jay, are you ready? Because it's time to start the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Welcome to Rebellion podcast. I hope everyone's having a great, great Monday. Man, I wish I was at that point where I could just do these every week. But I'm so excited to have this guest on. He's been dodging me for a little while. Uh, he's been dodging me, but now he's finally here. Can't dodge me no more. But he's finally here. I hope everyone's having a great day. Wherever you're listening, we're on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. And before we begin, as always, um, head over to geeksandgamers.com for all your geeky news. <laughs> and also Nine Line Apparel. If you go to Nine Line Apparel, and use the code DRUNK3PO20. You'll save 20% on everything in the store. So uh, I see everybody in the chat. Everybody's looking good. Uh, we're going to talk some film with a filmmaker. And all that stuff in between. So welcome, Josiah Rises. Hello, hello. How's it going? <laughs> How's it going, Jay? One word, right? One, One word. word, yes. Yep. It happens all the time. That. So it's all good. Um, how, how do you... <laughs> why is it just one word i don't know it's just cooler that way it's just cooler because you can't really say josiah rises one word it's like josiah rises do you want to actually know can. do you want to actually know where um i got that that name from it was actually from my playstation um name <laughs> on, on playstation <laughs> it's a gamer name <laughs> it is and the reason why I uh, gave myself that as my PlayStation name was because of the Dark Knight Rises, um, because oh. I, I I literally like bought my PlayStation like the day after the Dark Knight Rises came out, and I just got out of seeing it, and I was just like so hyped. So I gave myself that name for some reason, and now I'm using it on YouTube, and now it's just my identity. So <laughs> I got it's a lot better than Drunk Three PO, uh, but here we are. <laughs> you know it's uh one of those things start everyone, like, I, I tell yeah. everyone it started as a joke and now we're here so yeah everyone's got their own story with how they come up with their names and it's always interesting to hear that so dude i thought like <laughs> i put this name together i was like in a little tiny i didn't even have a youtube channel i just thought it was funny it was kind of like i did it for a troll mm -hmm. and uh had no idea <laughs> i would be sitting here which now look at you. Rises, you got, I mean, it's even on your shirt and everything. It looks good. I, know, I love your logo, that. by the way. Like, I've always thought that your logo was just fantastic. It's just really cool. Yes, yeah, a guy named Steven, Steven Wainart made it yeah, for me. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, I don't it's have good. any cool logos like that. I can't so. sell it anymore. Every time <laughs> I put it up, they just ripped it down off a store. Oh, man. So, That's it. The funny thing is, is like, I think, uh, what store was it? um i want to say teespring they got a i had them forward me the letter from disney because when mm. when teespring took down my shirt i just typed wow. it i went to teespring and typed in star wars and saw like i was like man there's mm -hmm. look at all the blatant ripoffs there oh yeah of course yeah so i i, I screenshotted all that and gave them sent them an email i was like they're like well we had a specific request to take yours oh, down i was my. like what <laughs> <laughs> so they sent me the i have well, the email from the walt disney world company wow and yeah. so i was like well they know Dang. who you are man they know who you are 
You're living rent free in Disney's head. How does that make you feel? It's cool. <laughs> it's like, dang it. It's it's cool for a minute. Then it's like, dang it. But then it's like, it is what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. Hey, as long I, as they as long as they make good products and they you know make good rides and all that stuff, then we don't have anything to criticize about. So. That's true. Yeah. It, it would just be more of a constructive criticism. You yeah. Know? Exactly. Oh man, I have a story about T Public. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Oh man, T Public and I are not friends. Let's really? Just, let's just put it that way. Yeah, they're the, yep. they kept my. Sh- they're the ones that kept my shirt up. Yeah, T Public. Uh, I don't know what happened, but um, originally I was going to go through them for um, Epicverse merch. Um, now it's going to be through Two Two One B Tactical, which I'm super excited Woo! about. But uh, but originally it's going to be T Public. And I set up like a nice store on T Public. Everything got all the merch looking good, and. Um, and for some reason, like literally the next day, um, they took down my entire store on T Public. I tried for like a week reaching out to them, trying to find out what, what happened. Nobody gave me any sort of clear answer as to why. The only thing I can think of, and I don't know, maybe maybe this isn't the reason, but I like put it in tags like geeks and gamers and some of that type of stuff in the store. So I don't know if they're like, oh, toxic, all this stuff. I don't know. So, but they took down my entire store. I can't put anything on T public anymore. So I don't know wow. what happened, but they don't like me apparently. So that's too bad. <laughs> it is. It uh, is. I th- I think what happens on these stores, if they get mass flagged, mm-hmm. they just get scared and they go, it's easier just to delete it and be like, I don't know. I just yeah. don't, yeah. I don't know. Then, uh, you know, yeah, they were very like... wishy-washy about the answers as to why like they took it down they never that's actually how, have given me a clear answer so that's how it was with teespring you know yeah. it's mm-hmm. like they did the same thing well they're all they're all pretty much cut from the same cloth i for me i appreciate <laughs> t public has kept my store but they, i mm-hmm. couldn't sell this i did put it up on that store and uh they took it down within a week but they didn't take my whole store down. I, li- I like the quality of t public too like i i ordered some yeah. sample merch from them and i was like man this looks really good so it's sad. Oh well, I got two two one B tactical now, so I'm. Oh, happy. that's gonna be so, awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna go through there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they're they're great people. Like uh, Suresh, it was great meeting Suresh in person for the first time. Um, half met him in Orlando, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. He's a really cool guy. Might be. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if I can really if I should really say that, but I'll just say that uh, Suresh might be involved with something with Epic Verse in the woo! future. So, well, the big. Word on the street, there's a there's an epic verse. I see it in your photo in the back if you're watching this live. That's right. Epic verse studios. Something that you have been talking about since I, I think I've since I've known you. Oh man. For yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, really, this a lot of what I've been working on over the past, like ever since I really started my channel, to be honest, in 2018. This is all just kind of a culmination of all of that. That's kind of what all of what I've been doing has been kind of the end goal of is, I mean, that's why I started a YouTube channel in the first place. I think I even told you that when, when we did an interview um, back before this was welcome to the rebellion on your podcast. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm, I mean, filmmaking ultimately is what my passion, where my passion lies. And um, that's why I created a YouTube channel so that I could, because I have a lot of, I have, I used to do a lot of filmmaking even before I was on YouTube um but the whole in- indie film game is just a really difficult beast it's it's 
something. I mean, it's it's very similar to Hollywood in a lot of ways, where if you don't know the right people, then you won't really get very far, unfortunately, in a lot of cases. And uh, the films that I was trying to make didn't really fit in the right boxes. Like I was making these Christian films, but they weren't yeah. like your typical Christian films about like a dog or a horse or Christmas, which kind of seemed to be like the three main categories of what a lot of the Christian indie films are made out of. Uh, I was trying to do like fantasy type of stuff, like fantasy Christian films and nobody in the Christian film market indie Christian film market wanted to touch my film because of that. Um, they were very leery about all of that. And um, so, and then I kind of backed myself into a bit of a corner because the Christian film market didn't want to do anything with me, but then my film was too Christian for the indie film market. So, <laughs> so I just kind of, uh, so it didn't really work out the way that I was hoping to. So I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to build my own audience, build my own uh, network of people that, are interested in what I want to do and we'll uh we'll we'll start from from ground zero and we'll build something new. So so that's that's where kind of where Epicverse kind of started from, I guess. Man, the the Christian market <laughs> is an odd place. It is. Um it is. yeah. I mean <laughs> so I kind of have a little bit of a controversial take on christian films i don't know how you feel about christian oh, go films, for it but i'm not a fan i am not a fan of christian films i think that a lot of them are very poorly written i think a lot of what we're what we're seeing with a lot of the woke films kind of got kick-started by the christian film industry because they are using a lot of the very same tactics that that christian filmmakers have used for years now where they're just like we're just going to beat you upside the head with messages and whether you like it or not, this is what it is. We don't really care about telling an actual good story or actually developing our characters. It's all about the message. And as much as I agree with the message, the actual message that is in Christian films, I can't stand the way that it's executed. And um, so, I mean, I, I, I've always had a complaints about Christian films. They're very, I thought very they were the most cheesiest things I've ever seen. And yeah. a little bit unbelievable. I, I appreciate I, I I'm with you. Like I appreciate the message. And sometimes yeah. it's like, yeah, but it's almost like it's just really cheesy. But I want I mean, a good story. I want a good story. That's you know? th but see, you know the cool thing about that, like what they miss is that um and, and you could disagree and correct me or or whoever, but I even think like like Jesus told parables, so he actually yep. told good stories <laughs> yeah. you know in a way exactly. to try to yeah. you know to try to get his example across but yeah absolutely uh, jesus was a fantastic storyteller i mean he is literally like the centerpiece of the greatest story that is the inspiration of basically every you know he, yeah. like the gospel story is like what the the basics of a good story is about you know so let so. me explain to lewis lord uh we're not actually talking about like uh like david and goliath or something yeah. like that it's more like they try like a lot of times they film like everyday like everyday people dealing with stuff and at the very end of the film god decides to show up and everybody's happy and yeah yeah and it's literally it's like a days of our lives it's like a like a a sappy drama 
Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, where and then they just kind of tack a Christian message at the end of it. Or yeah, whatever. that's right. And it's just yeah. like, make sure you pray every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You know, yeah. that's all that is. But, but yeah, yeah, my passion lies in telling good stories and and creating good characters. And I mean, I am a, a writer myself. I've written a lot of stuff. I've had like short stories and things like that published and and different magazines and things like that when I was originally kind of getting into the writing side of things. And um, so that's always been where the core of telling uh, or making a good film comes from for me is like starting with a good story and working from there. So. But I, your story, you like, like you said earlier, you're more into like fantasy. Yeah. So then you must have like, an influence somewhere for you to like be into like fantasies or like yeah i mean influenced by some somebody or some mm-hmm. book or a lot of it comes from um honestly just kind of my childhood i i always had a, a big fascination for things like lord of the rings lord of the rings was always uh kind of the the thing that got me into filmmaking like watching the behind the scenes features of the lord of the rings trilogy all that type of stuff is what made me fall in love with filmmaking and made me realize that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, but even before that, like my, my, my parents were reading me things like Beowulf and uh, the Ooh. Epic of Gilgamesh, the Odyssey, um, all of those books when I was a kid. And I was obsessed with Peter Pan when I was a kid as well, like to an unhealthy level where <laughs> I was jumping off of rooftops, trying to learn how to fly. Did you wear um, tights? No, <laughs> uh. no, <laughs> Are you sure? Wicked Never... Virtue, thank you for the super sticker. <laughs> Appreciate it. If, and uh, thank you for being here, Wicked Virtue. Yeah, so so fantasy has always just been kind of my my thing. I mean, I, I do dabble in other genres and stuff as well, but uh, at the end, the end of the day, that's where my passion lies. Um, and I think there's a lot that people can do with the fantasy genre, even that, that hasn't even really been tapped into yet. Uh, I think the thing that makes fantasy so cool as a genre is that you can take people through kind of a human experience but in a fantastical way and that's that's what always fascinates me the most about it is using things like allegory and um some of those different things symbolism um to tell a good story so have have we had a galgamesh movie no no we haven't even had a good beowulf movie to be honest uh, like, Gilgamesh is like it's like the oldest story ever recorded in history, right? Like yep. that's uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, when the, from the art of storytelling, mm-hmm. kind of go mm-hmm. that route. Yeah, you said that's your mom, your parents, or not your mom, but you said your parents read that to you. Yeah, so I mean, the epic of man, I had to read that in college, and I was like, yeah, yeah my, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they actually like my my dad, uh, he would put me through some very. Uh, strict and rigorous um like writing classes and literature classes and things like that really oh yeah <laughs> yeah and uh because that's kind of where that's he, he was uh actually like a teacher for history and and literature and um so he knew that i wanted to get into writing so he was like well i'm gonna put you through the ringer to make sure that you <laughs> can actually understand what a good story is and and some of that type of stuff which was which was awesome um it was tough at the time, but it was good. So, you know, my when I got in trouble, my parents made me write the Bible. Ooh, <laughs> it was brutal, Ooh. man. 
It was brutal. My house was King James only. Man. Oh, it was man. Brutal, man. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be like Exodus chapter yeah. 20 through 25. Don't ever uh, talk back to your mother again. I'm like, God. Yeah. But you can't even. I wish I'd it saved it. I think I, I think I like wrote the whole Bible before I moved out of the house. So it's like, I wish I could. That's kind of that's kind of cool, though. Saved. Like it was all on spiral notebooks, you know, because oh, wow. they'd be like, where did yeah. you leave off at? I'm on Micah. And they're like, all right, three chapters of Micah. I'm like, dear God, man. I'm like, just hurting. Alex, thank you. Thank you for showing up and thank you for the $1 super chat. Got Jeremy and his avatar. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So Alex is great. Love him. Uh, it's good stuff. But uh, when was the, when was your first, like, I want to be a filmmaker moment? Mm. Definitely when Lord of the Rings came out. Um, mm. So Fellowship of the Ring came out in theaters. And um, I, I didn't watch it in theaters. Unfortunately, my parents thought that it would be too scary for me. So I was just like a, I was a little kid at the time. Um, but I saw like all the action figures at, at Walmart and I thought that they looked really cool. Saw all the posters everywhere. Yeah. Um, they released like these Burger King, like for like the Burger King meals for kids or whatever. They had like Lord of the Rings, um, like little toys and stuff, which I actually have a whole set of, which is kind of cool uh, somewhere. But basically, those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have like literally the whole collection of the toys that they released um, through Burger King for that. Um, but basically, yeah, I didn't watch Fellowship of the Ring in theaters. I really wanted to because I had read the book at that point and I, I loved the book, but my parents wouldn't let me. And then um, like after it came out on VHS, my dad was like, uh, we were at, at Walmart and it was just there on the display. And I was like, dad, can we please get Fellowship of the Ring to watch at home, please? And I, I, I begged him. And finally, he was like, oh, okay. So he, he bought it, and we went home. Next day, we after after church, we we stayed home, and we watched uh, Fellowship of the Ring. And it was a mind-blowing experience for me. Like, it, I, I, feel, I feel like that was one of those. The Fellowship? Yeah. yeah. It, it was one of those life-changing moments for me where I fell in love with cinema at that. When I watched Fellowship of the Ring, I fell in love with, with movies. And then when I started to actually watch the behind the scenes features of Fellowship of the Ring, I started to be like, this is what I want to do. I want to make movies like this. And so that's kind of where it all started for me. So that's pretty awesome, man. So it's Peter Jackson. Yeah. And uh, the, so the stories and Jackson and like put them mm -hmm. all together and there you are. Yeah. Lord of the Rings has a, a huge impact on my life. And then me and my friends, like after actually like my whole group of friends like we were all kind of obsessed with lord of the rings i was the most obsessed um out of everyone but we would like <laughs> <laughs> we would literally like fight each other with like sticks all day pretending like we were aragorn and, and orcs and all this type of stuff fighting at the battle of Hel helms deep and doing all that type of stuff and uh eventually i got like this really cheap camera and we started to kind of make some of our own movies using that camera um and one of the films that we actually made, which is kind of interesting, was called The Battle of Mirkwood. And we actually made a have you've seen the the Hobbit films, right? Have you seen the extended versions of them with like the the Necromancer, all, all yeah. that type of stuff? So literally yeah. what they do with the Necromancer story in the Hobbit is what we made in our Battle of Mirkwood film. Oh my goodness. And this was 
about 10 years probably before the Hobbit came out. Um, and so we were actually, we had like Legolas, we had Thranduil, we had the White Council. They were all like trying to figure out how to take down the Necromancer um, and all that type of stuff. And we were literally like, it was so crazy watching the Hobbit and then seeing them actually going yeah. into that story that we did our own research of from the Silmarillion and all that type of stuff to make our own movie about, which obviously we were just like a bunch of kids and it was a really yeah. horribly crappy little film, but we had kind of that same basic story and it was just really trippy seeing that. Yeah. See me and my brother would get wiffle ball bats and with oh, a yeah. marker oh, one yeah. would be red, one would be green and uh, you know, it'd be Luke and Vader. Oh, there you go. Again. Yeah. The yeah. wiffle ball bats. So we broke something and we got in trouble. Man, I remember uh, Return of the King. Uh, they used to, they don't do this anymore. But when a, when a new movie came out, you could go Thursday night to the midnight showing. Yeah. Um, yep. They don't do that. And now it's like, they're like, uh, we don't want to keep our employees up like till four in the morning. So can yeah. we just do it at seven instead? Like mm-hmm. the day before. Yeah. Even though everyone will advertise starts Friday, they let uh, so that's how that worked. But they do used you, to do these midnight showings. Yeah, yeah. We used to go to a lot of midnight showings. The the film that that ended a lot of that was The Dark Knight Rises because of uh that that tragic incident that happened. Yeah. Yeah, with that that guy that took Joker way the too shooting seriously. That happened, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um so that that put a lot of uh, a lot of the end to a lot of this midnight showing type of stuff. Dude, I don't even know if there went, was after that. If, with, well, with Dark me, and my, yeah, me and my buddy went to Return of the King. And I was like, yeah, midnight. And they're like, dude, I don't know, man. I got to work the next morning. I'm like, ah, it's like an hour and a half. What were we thinking? <laughs> the other movies were, were, were like four hours. Why would I think this one was going to be shorter? You know? So you show up as 12. They do like 100 previews because they know it's going to be the oh, biggest yeah. movie yep. of the year. So it finally gets started around 1245 oh, and it's like four man. hours long. And you're just like, you're trying to stay up. You're like, all right. So did your friend just like head straight to work after that? Or? I think he called in sick. Uh, I think he called in sick. So he was like, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. Uh, he was working. Where was he working at the time? Some uh, warehouse. And uh, that'd be brutal. Yeah. That'd be brutal yeah. saying long and then have to go work at a warehouse man <laughs> yeah it was in fort lauderdale so we were there but i just remember it's like you know you're looking at your watch I'm like man we just getting started it's like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> so and then like you wait and then the first uh the uh then like the extended cut comes out you know yeah. on yeah. dvd and you're like well i gotta get that it's only like 12 mm-hmm. hours long yeah, right. Like right. 500 discs with like, this is behind the scenes one. This is the making of the behind the scenes. I, this is the guy who uh, <laughs> was going to talk about the behind. It's like, then it's like, watch yeah, the yeah. movie without any words. Mm-hmm. Watch the movie with our commentary. I'm just like, yes. geez, yep. like, what is yep. that? Oh, man. I, I've literally watched all of that just over and over again. The commentary is everything. I've, I've listened to every single commentary that they've had on Richard and the King. Well, on the whole trilogy. I think uh, I think Return of the King even had an intermission, if I remember right, when it was in theaters too. It did, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it so. was terrible because we thought like 
you know, it's like 3 a.m. It's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> they playing the music and a counter comes up on the screen for 15 minutes. They're like, what the heck is this? Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to go home. I'm sleepy. <laughs> it's like, it's your time to go pee. The mo- I was like, is the movie over? And they're like, no, it's not over. Uh, just making uh, you stay a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, like that was, it was a, uh, I, there are some movies that I wish people could experience in the theater with a bunch of people that are just, you know, that just love everything about uh, the film. And it, it, it just makes the experience so much better, which is like uh, with films. I saw that with return of the turn of the revenge of the Sith was one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say this for what it's worth. I know people give end game a lot of uh, grief and uh, some, some pretty good criticism for that, that movie, but, the end scene mm-hmm. i don't know just in my theater people were just cheering oh man yeah like the whole time as soon mm-hmm. as cap picked up the hammer oh, yes everybody yeah. was just screaming like the yep. whole time like it just didn't stop like mm-hmm. it and to me that was just like that made it the movie so much uh, it's just super special so yeah we go Absolutely. from end game to basically these past years where i think the only time the last movie I saw where people cheered was the Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, of course that's just because of nostalgia and things like that. So, but everything else has been a snoozer. Mm-hmm. It's been bad out there, man. Mm-hmm. Like it has been bad. Yeah. And you try to go back in time to see where it's all happened. A lot of people say it was the Ghostbusters, the all-female Ghostbusters movie. A lot right. of people are saying Last Jedi um at this time where it, like Hollywood has just like crapped on all of us and, yeah. and everything that we love. Was there a specific mm-hmm. moment for you where you were just like going, man, this is everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. how did this, how did we get here? How did we get from staying up at midnight and cheering and like not caring about work the next morning, uh, you know, and like standing mm-hmm. up and applauding in the theater and making it an experience with all your buddies or your family to, uh, it's like, is it almost over? Like, I don't even want to go anymore. Like, how, like, where, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been kind of mixed because Marvel seemed to kind of hold out a lot longer than some of the other franchises, like with, with Endgame and everything else. But even with Marvel now, with Phase 4, Phase 4 was terrible for Marvel. Like, I, uh, I went and watched Wakanda Forever over the weekend. And uh, even with... Even with like a lot of the early phases of Marvel, like people would always find things to laugh. Like people were laughing all the time during Marvel films. People were yeah. having a good time and enjoying it. Well, kind of forever. I don't think anyone really laughed that I can remember when uh, when we were watching it. And uh, that's happened with a lot of the Phase Four films. Like it just, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that still enjoy those films, but I don't think it's quite at the level that it was at one point. I think that the writing has really downgraded a lot with Marvel. Um, but just in general, I, I've been fairly critical about the direction that Hollywood has been going in for a while. But I think that for a lot of people, obviously, The Last Jedi was kind of the film that really got people to start to wake up to see, oh, they're actually like j- literally just taking our franchises that we love and completely just, you know, crapping on them, hijacking them for their different 
agendas or whatever else i i even enjoyed the force awakens for the most part what it was a lot of force awakens really depended on where they were going to go with the story after that film and (laughs) we all saw how that went so it kind of devalues the force awakens because of where the rest of the trilogy goes unfortunately um but but yeah so i think i think a, a lot of people just with especially since the last jedi was kind of a big film that was coming to theater that was or to obviously like on the back of the force awakens, which was just such a huge experience in theaters as well. I think that a lot of people it were was able huge, to, man. Yeah, like it was. it's like almost a billion in America alone. Yeah. I think yeah. it still holds the record for yeah. uh, largest yeah. domestic box office. It was huge. Yeah. The, the hype was on a whole other level for yeah. the force awakens. And just think, just think what could have been if Disney had actually carried that through which just goes to show, I don't think that at the end of the day, I don't think that a lot of what Disney is doing or what Hollywood is doing in general, I don't think a lot of it has to do with them actually caring as, about the money as much um, as the messaging. Mm. So, I, I that's, but like when, did, why, like what happened? What do you, what do you think happened where they were like, hey, we run entertainment around here, we got to push this message you know we've got to we've got to change thing is it are they do you think they're just delusional they just live in their own bubble and whatever's like popular or cliche they're just like well we're just gonna push it yeah i think a lot of it everybody wants yeah i think a lot of it is that they're kind of in their own bubble and i mean you know a lot of these people that work in hollywood are people that have come out of the government school education where they are continually generation after generation being trained to think in different ways and things like that ways that are continuing to unfortunately destabilize the nation more than anything else and uh so now they're bringing it now we're at a point where now it's just bleeding into even our entertainment as we're continuing to see our entire culture heading in that direction uh dan c for ten dollars my thank you so much dan my local theater played Raiders of the Lost Ark for Father's Day a number of years ago, and it was super awesome to be able to see it that in the theaters. That's awesome. Yeah, Dan, I I didn't see a single uh, Indiana Jones movie in the theaters except for Crystal Skull. But the uh, the real trilogy, I never got to. Unfortunately, I never got to see it in the theater. So when they re release some of these films, um, I took advantage of it to go see i I just recently saw jaws in the theater Mm. it was Mm. packed it was packed with people wearing like jaw it was like universal studios there the movie theater and they're like we're gonna show jaws wednesday do you want to come like and so i was like yeah let's go everybody was wearing jaw shirts and it was like a freaking celebration everybody knew all the lines but no one was like rude about it they just kind of like and people still laughed at the jokes after all these years. They mm-hmm. still like kind of freaked out a little bit. They, you could see like uh, people taking their their little ones that probably have never seen that film before. And that is like, so cool, man. It that's is so the cool. coolest, man. It's just like that's what's up. And and like you said, we've gotten to this point where this messaging and where it's all political nonsense, where it's just it it's just pushing this like weird demographic where they're trying. I don't even know why, because Disney just released their earnings and they, there's only one thing basically as I won't get into this whole earnings call, but basically it's the theme parks that are keeping them floating. 
They lost yeah. $1.5 yeah. billion on their streaming service. Their movies are not doing what they thought they were going to do. Um, Star Wars hasn't released a movie. And Star Wars is like, usually you release a Star Wars movie, billion. Yeah. I'll just give you a billion dollars because you're going to really, even their, even their bad ones, billion. Mm-hmm. They haven't released a Star Wars film since The Rise of Skywalker. And now, like, you know, I don't know if you saw the news today. You probably did. Like, they're going to release Andor on, like, ABC yeah. and Hulu for free <laughs> yeah. because they're like, it's good Star Wars. I no laughed. one's watching it. Like, please, <laughs> please watch it. And then you're just like, what? Oh, like, man. where we are, yeah. you know? And and it's, just... it's weird. Marvel, Marvel used to be kind of the same. Like, before Endgame, pretty much every movie that they release was hitting a billion for that final easy man there. yeah and it's like if it didn't hit they're like yeah. ooh, thor thor love and thunder came out this year and it made what like 760 million total worldwide that's bad that's really sad that's like thor dark world level <laughs> like to me that was the that i know people say the eternals or chai tea or shang i say chai, chai tea, tea as a joke but it's uh shang chi yeah um I think Thor Love and Thunder for me personally is the worst film, Marvel film I've ever seen. I mean, it's just straight up messaging, terrible story, terrible CGI. And then, you know, and then they rolled out She-Hulk, which is like the CGI. You're just like, what are you? Is someone doing this on their laptop? Mm -hmm. You know, that they got from Mm -hmm. Walmart. Nothing against Walmart laptops. I'm just saying, talking like (laughs) big budget studios. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. You know, nothing like that. And you're right. Like the uh, the hijacking of stories is really mm-hmm. it, it's just like it's right in our face now. Yeah. And and it's like they seem like they celebrate when they're like, hey, guys, uh, Back to the Future is going to get a reboot. Yeah. And you're like, what? Well, it's not. I just use that example, everyone. Don't worry. It's like but it's like they think we're celebrating that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I we're mean, just looking at it like, what the freak are you yeah. doing? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of the messaging has been in our enter- entertainment for a while. They've just gotten to a point where it's not like subtle anymore. Like that is kind of what the, that's what their, their priority is now is the messaging more than anything else. And so it's, it's political, uh, political, it's cultural, you know, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's um, a lot of bad actors out there in, you know, in all of our different spheres of our, our systems and everything else that are continuing to try to push America in a certain direction that isn't going to be good for the people <laughs> or the, the nation as a whole. It's just going to continue to weaken the nation. And unfortunately, we have a lot of enemies around the world that would love nothing more to, than to see America continue to become in a weakened state. So... Well, they, they released a poll like we just had the elections. If you're listening here from across the pond or wherever, they released a poll about like uh, some voter demographics. And it was like everyone under the age, I think it was. And I I just read it. I don't have it in front of me. I think it was like either 25 or 28. It was like 100 percent vote progressive left. Like they didn't even want to vote like uh, moderate democrat or republican they wanted to vote that progressive left move like a hundred percent yeah of those who polled and i'm just like wow yep if the culture if that doesn't show (laughs) you that the culture war is real yes like that's just like 
Jeez, man. Like it, it's it's just unbelievable uh to see that, you know, and and like mm-hmm. progressive left. I'm talking like the SJW style movement, like all that stuff out there. Um that's that's where they're hundred yeah. percent of the vote, and you just kind of like that's crazy. I mean, yeah, like I could get like maybe it's 50-50, okay. 60 mm-hmm. maybe you know the younger they usually yeah. vote democrat yeah. anyway so maybe yeah. 70 30 that's fine but when they when they said it was like 100 percent, i was like geez yeah 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 i mean that's <laughs> good job to the education system i guess um <laughs> oh man i'm telling well, you well i mean and that's that's why culture really is the thing that i think uh we're so lost on right now i mean i'm sure you've heard the phrase like politics is downstream of culture but yeah what's what's uh what's culture culture downstream of what i think it's i think it's uh i think it's worship ah uh, yeah i think i think culture yeah. is downstream of what you worship what your country worships what the majority of people are worshiping and you know unfortunately <laughs> we kind of have uh cornered ourselves in this position where our education system is basically making you worship the state and that's kind of where it's continuing to go in with that direction where this is the way that things are and that's the way that the government's telling you that things are you know and so they are the ones that are able to control what people are continuing to move towards when it comes to what they worship worship of self that's huge too in our culture like I think do you think range. a lot of worship <laughs> of self I think started with uh social media platforms because yes yes you know it like you look at I mean I think the first major social media platform that most people had was a MySpace account and then Facebook just exploded but it's like when you look at Facebook it's like everything's about me yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like I'm making a page about me everything yep. i mean mm-hmm. everything is about me so mm-hmm. yeah it's true i'm putting up the best picture i'm putting up the best you know where i'm going what i'm doing so if you want to know about me then you log on to my social media so i can i could see where that's yeah. that yeah. started especially in the younger generation about some kind of right and facebook worship. facebook came out what did the was that 2007 that uh facebook ah uh, yeah it's like yeah. 07 so that's crazy. Like uh, people that are like kids that are 14 and younger have been born into a world where, where Facebook has always just been around. That's weird. That's so weird to think about. It <laughs> is wild, isn't it? So uh, my, this is, this is something that's just kind of off topic. Well, not really, but my, my no, no. son um, is uh, he's only like uh, eight months old and like if you hand him like a touchscreen phone, he he knows how to work it. Like he just like swipes his finger over it. He knows where to like what buttons push, all that type of stuff. And it's like, this is weird, man. Like <laughs> kids nowadays, they just naturally know how to work smartphones, like touchscreens. Like <laughs> it's, it's very bizarre. It is odd to see yeah. them like do it so quickly. It is. I mean, you know, it's just it's just because this is the world that they're being born into but um 
you know <laughs> we didn't we didn't even have i remember when when the first like cell phone came out with like a camera and people were like losing their minds like oh my goodness you can take pictures with your phone now and it's like yeah and they were so bad yeah exactly like, yeah they're terrible like, I'm, yeah i'm gonna send this to my brother it only it'll take <laughs> about three hours to get there <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well you know when cell phones cell phones start, first started hitting it was like uh there was no like it was like pay by the minute kind of thing like it was ex- it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't cheap like mm-hmm. it was expensive mm-hmm. to have a cell phone uh, they started putting them in the cars but uh oh. yeah it wasn't cheap yeah. mm-hmm. and and now it's like it's yeah. almost like it's almost like you want people to have you want your children to have them so god forbid yeah. something happens no. you know yeah. they, they'll, it, they'll call you i mean but i, I mean c- I can't no, remember go ahead. Last, I can't remember the last time I've ever left my house without my cell phone. Like <laughs> it's always just oh, there. no, man. Like these things now, people make millions mm-hmm. with this. That's yeah. it. Yeah. They don't do anything. They don't need no computer. They can make millions of dollars with this thing. Yeah, that's insane. And it's and it's like um, or they be, they can become instantly famous. Yeah. Or they mm-hmm. could build their own platform all from their cell phones now. And so I mean, it's just that's I never thought I'd see that day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you never saw uh, never thought in my lifetime. Now, dude, like you're in the films like like um, I know Apple was having like contest because I could record it's 4K 60. Um, yeah. With this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Apple was doing this thing where it's like, I want you to make like a film just using the iPhone. And I'm sitting there like watching some of these. I'm like, geez, it looks good. It's like this big before it was like, you know, you got the Mm -hmm. freaking tank and all that stuff. Um, But it's like, uh, it's, it's making, I, I think what's going back to the films, I think now, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, we live in a day and age now where there's there should be no excuse if you if you want to be a filmmaker, if you want to write stories, if you want to make a book, if you want to to make t-shirts, if you want to do anything, we live in this uh we live in this amazing time where there, there's really like no excuse not yeah. to do it even if that's your so that's your dream is to be a filmmaker. Totally. Like, I'm literally telling you there's no excuse, but I think you know that already, but like yeah. right now I could write a book which I'm working on, but you could write a book and put it on Amazon and start selling it without a publisher, without anything. Absolutely. You, know, you could yeah. go to T public. You could sign up for free and start selling t-shirts. You could start yep. a YouTube channel. You could do whatever. Um, you know? Yeah. Jay absolutely. Old confirmed. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty old. <laughs> no, I, see, I, I mean, you're raging rhino. I see you buddy. So when I started to actually like officially, like seriously want to get into filmmaking, it was in uh, 2011 and uh that was like around the time that the hobbit films were coming out and they used mm. uh the the red epic i think it was called to film those and it was a 4k camera that they were using which at that point cost thirty thousand dollars but that was like the standard 4k camera that you would use for filmmaking back at that point there was really nothing else that you could get that was accessible as a filmmaker that was like a digital film that could shoot in 4k and so, uh, so, you know, all of us plubs had to use 1080p still and stuff, but now we're at a point where like, yeah, literally, literally like you can have like a, an iPhone that has 4k on it now. 
And yeah, it's not going to be quite the same cinematic style or quality as like a red epic, but it's right. still, it's still like that it's leaps and bounds of a higher quality than even like your standard cameras that indie filmmakers were using like 10 years ago. So it is crazy how fast technology continues to progress and it just allows for more accessibility for people to be able to do what they want to do, which is awesome. You know, there's a lot of things that you can say that, that it can be complaints about technology, but at the end of the day, it's all just about how people use it. Like technology in itself is just a neutral thing. It doesn't, it, there's no, like <laughs> there's nothing that that's there as far as like sentience or anything else. So yeah. it's, it all just kind of comes down to how people are using these tools that we have uh, for different and why they're using the, these tools. And um, so it's really cool to see that more and more people are able to have accessibility to things like filmmaking and, and things like that, that they couldn't have, that they'd have to actually like go to Hollywood for uh, even just a couple decades ago. So, I mean, even now, if you want, like, I mean, our friend Dan Vask, if you want to be a singer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't need mm -hmm. a contract. Yeah. Start a YouTube channel or you record your songs and put it on, on iTunes yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's Dan like Vask is a great example of that. Tom McDonald's is a great example yeah. of that too. Like he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going with any label or anything. I'm doing everything myself. And he's extremely successful for what he's able to do. So a lot of it just comes down to how hard are you willing to work and how, how much are you willing to kind of study the game that you're trying to get into? I think so. And so that brings me like to the next question. It's like, how nervous are you to start? Like, is there like any fears that you might have had? Like, you're like, well, I'm going to make a movie. And we all know it, man. We all, you know, it's like you tell someone, hey, guys, I'm going to film a movie. And they're like, mm -hmm. okay, is it going to be on TikTok? Yeah. Like, right. is that what you're doing? No, right. no, no, no. I want to film a real film. It's like, all yeah. right, is it what What are you going to do? You know, and so mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. immediately I could, I know people, you know, when you make that kind of announcement, and you're not with Hollywood, people immediately will either sign it off and be like, what a joke or right. right. Or yep. it'll probably suck or whatever. And so I'm sure there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Oh yeah. On there's, you a, there's a lot like of pressure. Try to yeah. do something. So yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, <laughs> how did you yeah. overcome any of that or just, um, I honestly, I'm kind of a butthead. So <laughs> when I, when I set my mind on doing something, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And you know, that's, I, it's gotten me in a lot of trouble in the past because there've been times where I've been like basically so broke that we're trying to like scrape quarters out of the couch, the couch to try to get money for food and stuff because of me trying to pursue different crazy things and, and some of that type of stuff. Um, thankfully I have an incredible, uh, wife and family that have supported me with all of my crazy endeavors and, and everything else. But, um, this time around it's it's very different than than like that type of situation in the past where now i'm actually at a point where i have a lot of resources at my disposal because of my youtube channel i have a lot more that i am able to do as an individual because of the blessing of what my youtube channel has been so uh so epic verse was kind of something that it was something that i decided to do and um mike who epic mike uh, as he is known um and I, we, we've always like, ever since we, the very first day that we met, we've always been talking about stories that we want to tell. We've always been talking about what we want to do if we had the ability to make movies and some of that type of stuff. At that point, I was actually in the middle of making one of my films uh, before I took like a, you know, five-year break 
because of YouTube and stuff. But uh, we're gonna talk about that real quick when you get when you finish. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we like he and I, we've always been like very close when it comes to actually wanting to get into filmmaking. And uh, a year ago, or actually, it's way over a year now. It's been almost like two years now at this point, probably. Um, I kind of approached him and I was like, okay, so I kind of want to get into filmmaking again. And <laughs> I want to know if you want to kind of do this with me and we can combine some of our different talents, some of our different skills to try to create some really, really awesome stories. And I was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to, we're going to freaking do this. Like we're going to jump in with both feet and we are going to work our asses off to make the best stories that we can for, for people. And so we, we both decided this is what we want to do. And we both went into it and, um, we haven't looked back since. And for me, obviously, you know, starting off with Epic verse, we're still trying to figure out exactly how we want to, to approach different things when it comes to Epic verse, because obviously with filmmaking, it's very, very expensive <laughs> and it's yeah. very, very time consuming. And so both of those things have been drained uh quite heavily from my own uh my own resources and stuff so we're kind of at a point now where i'm where we are trying to figure out okay what what do we want to do as far as like taking this to the next level what kind of financial support are we going to be seeking so that we can continue to you know create these stories and stuff for our audiences uh that will be released sometime next year and uh so so those are all just things that we're trying to work through right now but um, it's a lot. It's it's very very draining, but I I love it, and I wouldn't trade it for anything else. So it is a lot. I mean, anything that you want to when you step out and you're just like, this is what I want to do. It it always sounds good in your mind, and you're like, yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> I'll get this, and I could do this, and it's no problem. And then it's like, yeah. it's a lot. I've been freaking working on this book for like four years, and I have to like. It's like because also time is precious. So it's like you work on it and then you got to put it down for a minute and you work on it. Mm -hmm. You got to put it down mm -hmm. for a minute and you work on it. You got to put it down for a minute. And, uh, you know, and it's like it's almost finished now. And now that I'm, I'm at the end, it's right. like now I'm like nervous. Like, should I even put it out? You know, because I've read it so many times. I think it's terrible because I'm my own worst critic. Yes, you know, but it's <laughs> yep. like overcoming that fear to yeah. to do that. Um, it, it is a lot of work. It, mm -hmm. it it is a lot of work. And I remember, like we we brought Dan Vasco. I remember asking him too. Um, to this place where he is considered successful, he was like, I think he said, uh, if he shows up in the chat, I'll ask him. But if he, I think he said it. It, it was like two years. He just wouldn't go out with his friends. While they were out doing, having fun, he was like, I'm working, man. I need this because yeah. I don't want to. This is what I want to do. I don't want to do what they're doing. I want to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, he just had to yeah. deny himself and and get to work. And there it is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and being someone that's already kind of, um, I guess, in some ways failed once at filmmaking. Um I don't want that to happen again. So I am doing everything that I can to. Why do you think you failed? Well, I guess it just kind of depends on how you look at it. I, I, I don't always think of failure as like a negative thing. I think that it just depends on how you respond to, to your failure. Like you can either grow from it and become better, or you can 
obviously just you know roll over and cry i guess or whatever it's, but, it's uh, true that's yeah. true when people consider yeah. like they didn't do they they get into this mode of well i'm done and then yeah. they just put their passion away and they never touch it again which is sad mm-hmm. to me yeah it is it is sad, sad to me yeah and i mean i guess i guess i want to say that i necessarily failed because i'm getting back into it now um i i never had the intention of ever just quitting filmmaking for forever like i've always it's always there on my mind it's always there and it's something that i've always wanted to do i i love telling stories and nothing makes me happier than creating stories that people can actually enjoy and then hearing what people think about the stories and and everything else like that that is like it's it's like crack for me <laughs> i love it so much so uh so you know i i don't think that i necessarily failed it was more like uh I had a bump in the road, I guess you could say. And uh, now, now I'm getting back into it. And this time around, I, I want to make sure that they're, that, uh, that I, I take care of that bump and, uh, and make this successful for, I mean, it's crazy. Epic verse. It's crazy. How many people we have right now working, working for Epic verse. We have like, I think in total, we have 25 people that are currently working for Epic verse and that, that covers all different aspects of it. And I'm like, I want to make sure that this is successful successful for the people yeah. that are involved with my team because I don't want to let them down. You know what I mean? And I don't want to let down the people that are excited for what we're going to be creating. I don't want to let down the audience and, and you know, put out some sort of crap thing that they're going to be disappointed by because then they're going to be like, well, shoot, now where do we turn? Hollywood's giving us crap. Epic versus giving us crap. So that's why, like, that's why we are so devoted to trying to create good stories for our audiences and it's crazy because we've already done so many projects for epic verse and every single one that we've completed we're just getting better and we're getting better with every single one and that to me is very encouraging to see that with every film that we're doing with every project that we're doing our crew is growing every time and we're now at a point where i'm like looking around like we just were shooting a a couple scenes for one of our films um this past weekend and i was sitting there behind the the monitor and i'm just like looking around and we have like we have uh we had 12 people on set and they're milling Mm. about and they're you know setting up lights and and the actors are going over their lines and you know the director of photography is getting ready for the next shot and all this stuff sound guy is there doing his thing and i'm just looking looking around at everyone i'm like this is crazy Mm. like all these people are here working on this epic verse project because they believe in the vision that I set forward for them all. And that is just kind of cool, man. It's incredible. It's incredible. But there's, it does come with pressure. Um, Mike Lee over on rumble. Yes. We got 20 people watching us on rumble. That's freaking awesome. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, What a $5 says determination is the missing ingredient ingredient to a lot of success absolutely man uh and he also says for two dollars when does isom 2 come out mark i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea when that's coming out but uh as you can see uh eric july is another one that that we all know that me and josiah know really well who uh was just like yeah we're kind of tired of the uh Mm -hmm. We're kind of tired of uh, 
what I'm seeing. So we're just going to do our own thing. And that, and that, I mean, that went for like when Gina Carano like did her speech and she ended it with welcome to the rebellion, you know? And then I remember like talking to her on the phone the next day. Cause she was like, how did I do? And I was like, man, that just resonated with me, you know, about this whole like rebel against your fears and live out your passions because let's be honest no matter like you can't trust the government you can't it's not that they're not gonna do anything for you you gotta do it yourself yeah and no one's gonna do it for you no one's gonna hold your hand but everybody i know has something that they want to accomplish inside of them it doesn't have to be filmmaking or book writing but it's just something it's something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean for some it's just as simple as crochet you know but they just Mm -hmm. love it or like piano or instruments whatever Mm-hmm. And it's like, but then there's so many people that are just like, ah, nerve, like the excuses just pile up and you've been there, right? Like yeah. you've been like yeah. with the excuses and it's just like you, you hit roadblocks and, and, you know, hard mm-hmm. places and, and you're just kind of like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But that passion is still burning. It's yeah. like, yes, yeah. I got to get there. And it's, and oh, it's, man. And yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. Like for you, like we brought up YouTube. And your YouTube channel at one point, I mean, it, it is now again, but there was another point. It was just flying high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you wake up and it was all gone. It's, <laughs> it's all gone. And see, that's the thing that I always and then I'll, I'll let you get into it. But it's like I heard this statement. He goes, you guys got to you guys got to live your passion because most of us are just one notification away from it all being taken away. Yeah. So if you build something that you have, that's yours and you own it, you build it and you don't have to worry about anybody else. Then, and you mm-hmm. let it grow, then mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that notification coming in from a job, from YouTube, yeah. from anywhere saying, yep, yeah. see you later, you know? Cause, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. like you woke up, did you get an email or yeah. How did that? Yeah. It was, YouTube? uh, <laughs> yeah. So I found out through, uh, through an email from YouTube, um and uh yeah i mean i <laughs> that that moment will always be just like ingrained in my my memory for i would forever. print that out man and frame it yeah i like, put that like right over my office just to yeah, remind me yeah and uh i was i was sitting there and i was like getting ready to do a video and uh my my wife was like hanging out with me she was in the the room while i was getting ready to do it and stuff and I just like pulled up my email and I see that there's a email from, from YouTube and I open it and it's like, we're sorry, you've been demonetized or whatever they say. We know that this is difficult for you or whatever, you know, all that BS that they, they say in their, their email. And I just like sat there and I was just like staring at it and I, I couldn't even believe that it was happening. And then I just kind of, it just kind of like hit me and I just like turned to my wife and I was like, I just got demonetized on YouTube. Mm. And she was like, you did? And it was just like, it was a crazy, crazy moment. Um, man, yeah. I remember Jeremy texted me from Geeks and Gamers. He was like, dude, Josiah, he's like, he's going to tweet something out. Just do him a favor and retweet it. And that's when you tweeted out to YouTube. Yeah. And we were all like, what the heck? Like, you, you, you were soaring. And then just like that, it was gone. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. But then you refiled and you got denied. Mm-hmm. Yep. Took them forever to get to my channel. Like <laughs> I yeah. resubmitted like after the 30 days or whatever. And um, it took them like 
I think it was like five months before they finally got around to be like, oh yeah, we checked out your channel and nah, we're not gonna we're not gonna monetize you. I was like, well, That's I not. guess it's over. <laughs> so so then uh yeah, then after that I was just like, well, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, I had a lot of questions about things. Um, I it it got really bad. I I mean, you know, yeah. I was already kind of in a kind of a bad state mentally um, before that, uh, just because of uh, different personal spiritual things that I was going through and things like that, and um, <laughs> and then that happened, and it it almost made me kill myself. Wow. Yeah, it was it was bad. It rains. It poured hard. Yeah, it was it was really bad. The only thing that kept me from from doing that was the fact that I had a wife and a daughter. And I was mm. like, I don't want to do that to them. But, you know, so. a lot of times in that in that deepest, darkest area, like, like, did you have like a lot of times people and I'm not saying you, but a lot of times other people like, yeah, it's those moments when it's like. My wife, my child, God, mm-hmm. it's like, OK, mm-hmm. Everything has been like this is what's more important than anything in the world. So, yeah, you you have those moments of like in the worst moments, you have moments of clarity. Did you have any like that? Like, did you ever reconnect with God or reconnect with your family almost, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, or or however in those times that it was off? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there. So a lot of that, um, I guess darkness that i was in carried on for quite a few months after Mm. after all of that um and kind of going back to me being a butthead i'm kind of a a butthead in general and god has a lot of patience with me because 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 uh yeah i i definitely am uh kind of a kind of a, a wild a wild sheep i guess um in some ways um and so there's a there's a lot long period of time even after after all of that where i was just like uh totally just kind of in my own headspace and it wasn't it wasn't good it wasn't good for my family it wasn't good for my relationship with god and it carried over into me being basically like okay well youtube is over all of these other things that i want to do are are over um epic man wasn't taken off the way that i wanted to which was kind of going to be my my restart on things and it just wasn't going in the direction that i wanted it to and so i was like okay well i'm just gonna completely just quit youtube I'm, I'm done so so then i got a job as a, a house inspector um which was a very very rigorous training for me to go through to get that job but i did it and i was very proud of the fact that i was able to get through that there was like uh i think there was 12 of us that were in the class for the training and stuff and only three of us passed wow and um and so then I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this. This is, this is, this is my new future. This is, this, this is my life. Yeah, yeah. This is my life now. And, um, <laughs> it's so crazy. The, the, my first day on the job, my first day out in the field, YouTube sent me an email that they're like, Hey, you're a monetize again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just sitting in my car just after reading this email. I was just like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> Just out like, of the freaking blue. I was like, Holy God, what, crap. what are you doing? What are you doing to me, man? <laughs> like, he does that stuff, man. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to talk to him about that. I was like, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. So <laughs> I was just like sitting in my car and I was just shocked. And I was like, what the heck, man? And then I called Jeremy and I was like, so I just got remonetized on YouTube. And he was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. And all this type yeah. of stuff. And, and then I told my family and everything else. And then I was like, okay, well now what do I do? Because now suddenly I'm re-questioning everything. And I'm like, well, am I supposed to be getting back into YouTube? Should I just be like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have anything to do with that. Maybe I should just keep doing my house inspection thing. And so I decided then I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get back into doing YouTube. And that was a very crazy time for, for us as a family because I was going through a lot just personally. And uh, there was it kind of came to a pretty crazy conclusion that – I'm not going to get into on this this yeah, uh, yeah. podcast for now or anything, but um, and we were also in the middle of moving. Yeah, um, we had no internet. Didn't have any internet or anything like that. Um, I just got this new job, so there's a lot that was going on in our life life at that moment, and uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this job. I'm going to keep this house inspection job. I'm going to keep it for a year, so I'm going to go from uh, September to September, and. Uh, I'm going to try to do some YouTube while I'm doing this house inspection job. And we'll kind of see where I'm at in a year and we'll go from there. Um, a few months into the house inspection job, um, I started to realize that the house inspection job that I had was way more corporatized than I liked. Uh. I've always been very, very bad about dealing with micromanagers and bosses. I've, I always, I, I've gotten myself into some trouble in the past dealing with, <laughs> with, micromanagers and 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 all that type of stuff so um so basically there was this huge misunderstanding when my son was born where i told my manager at that time hey i'm going to need like a week off because my son is going to be born and all that type of stuff i gave her a lot of notice beforehand and everything else and she was like okay no problem well she decided that she was going to quit in the middle of my week off and then my next manager that came in was like, why are you working? Why are you doing anything? And, and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I literally just had a, a talk with Karen. Her, her name was, was Karen. That's not a joke or anything. And uh, I was like, I, I literally just had this conversation with Karen like a couple days ago. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take a week off because my son was just born. And she was like, okay, well, you know, you're going to have to do this and this when you come back and all this type of stuff. And I don't know if she was just trying to prove herself as some sort of like super badass boss or something, but... But then I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> so, so, so then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, at that point I was starting to get back into YouTube and it was already starting to do very, very well for me again, like very, very well. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to quit this job. I'm just going to go right back into doing YouTube again. And now here we are <laughs> about are. a about a year later. And uh, this this past year has been insane for me just because of Epicverse mostly. It's just been very, very busy for me because of that. But it's just weird, man. Like, God just takes you all over the place. And uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> And that's that's kind of what uh that was what what our uh, our the the sermon was about on Sunday too is like we as as people just as as human beings we like to have like our plan for for life where it's just like this nice smooth straight road and you have like the finish line at the end of your goal or whatever and it's just going to be like one straight road to get there. God doesn't work that way. God God will take you all over the place. He'll take you through the ups and the downs, the you know, to the rights, to the lefts and all of that type of stuff. And uh, 
you don't know exactly what what's what your journey is going to actually be but man <laughs> um a lot of so just, true i mean like yeah. this year alone for me it was like i had a goal i was like all right well i want to do four podcast four to five podcasts a month mm -hmm. I, I this is what i love if i could just be like right right this i i'm like this is beautiful for me because i i do a lot of stuff off camera like as, as everybody knows mm -hmm. but then it's like gina calls in february goes hey are you busy this year <laughs> this <I'm> year like, <laughs> this year it's <laughs> like yeah i need like i need some help i'm gonna do all these comic these conventions i've never done them before you know what you're doing right and i'm like yeah i've never been <laughs> i'm sure i could figure it out how hard is it so <laughs> She's like, yeah, we'll take care of all your travel and everything. And you can go meet all these people. And I'm just like, sounds like fun. So <laughs> off we went, you know, and then I met, um, you know, through all that. It's like, right. I met uh, Jake the Viking who used to work with Mr. Beast. And that relationship was, has been really cool. I'm mm -hmm. um, just hearing his insight about YouTube and people on YouTube and, and mm -hmm. then he took me on a ghost hunt, which was crazy. And, and, uh, you know, just introducing me to a whole bunch of people and then seeing like the geeks and gamers had like, we had mega meetups all year. Seemed yeah. like we were always yeah. somewhere. I, I, I went through like the calendar and it was like from, I think it was like March to almost August. I think I was home for like eight weeks, eight or nine weeks total was crazy wow. me and ryan got in a car and we drove from florida to tennessee went to a movie premiere never done that before didn't know how to act mm -hmm. um i was i was like standing next to matt walsh didn't know who he was <laughs> someone had to tell me i'm like interrupting him while he's talking his gina <laughs> asked me for like water and i'm like i'm like i don't know who these people are she you know it's my job so i'm like here you go i'm like interrupting and Ryan's like, that's Matt Walsh. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not impressed. Anyway, but like, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's like, what a crazy, what a freaking crazy ride. You yeah. know, and it's just, it, it, and you're right. It's like sometimes, sometimes God is like, uh, I got to have a little, I'm going to have a little fun with you this year, buddy. Mm -hmm. Be ready. Oh, yeah. You know, freaking. Yeah. William Zapka put me in a headlock. Yeah. Like, who could say they've had that happen? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, which is oh, it's so, so true. And yeah. it's like, I think what gives me joy now is seeing people like you begin to step into their passion after, especially after going through, because you could have easily said, I don't want to go back to YouTube. They could do this to me again. Yeah. You know, it, it was a, it was, you know, it was just a dream. Let me just work on this and forget all about it and mm -hmm. all yeah. that stuff. And and that could have been the safe way to go. I would have been miserable doing it. But I could but you know what happens sometimes? People get laser focused, like I'm just doing this for my family. I'm miserable and I hate the world, but yeah. Yeah. I'm and I and I get that. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong, I get that. And I, I think it's honorable, but yeah. I still believe that there there will become opportunities for you to take a stab at it right you know of what you yeah. want to do even even you know you you've heard stories people work two jobs and then all of a sudden it hits yeah. and it's like yeah. i'm living it yep you know i and yeah I, I it makes me so happy when when i see people that are doing the you know doing the work doing the job that they want to do even if it's you know 
whatever, you know, like picking asparagus in the yeah. summer or whatever. Like if that's if that's what you want to do, if you enjoy, you know, being around plants, working in the garden or being Some outside, whatever that. it is, it's like that's awesome, man. Do what you want to do. That's great. So that's the thing. It's like I always tell people, it's like, your dream is not my dream. Some people love animals. Some people want to raise goats. Man, do it with, like, go enjoy your life. You don't have to be a public speaker, man. Like, look, I mean, we I know we joke about Jay's channels dying, all that stuff. But it's like, you know, I don't don't have the biggest channel, but I have the best audience, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade them for 100,000 subscribers or anything like that. I wouldn't trade the people that show up in my chat and... And uh, come to these cons to say hi and and my yeah. God, man, I'm I'm signing uh, sixty of these butts for these Canadian bears. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like who, what kind right. of life is this, man? And it's all because of these amazing people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I for all of them, man, I want all of them to, uh, yeah, to to find their passion or their dream and just mm-hmm. just take a little step every single day. And that's the whole purpose of this of this podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm, you know, I've, I've, ta- I've talked to so many people that, you know, they find out that I am like a YouTuber that's, you know, 260,000 plus subscribers on my YouTube channel and stuff. And then I like, Oh, so what do you do? And then they kind of get sheepish and they're like, Oh, well, you know, I, I'm just like a, I, I'm, I'm a janitor and stuff. And it's like, well, do you enjoy, you know, do you enjoy your job? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, well, that's, that's great, man. That's awesome. You know, Jan, know, being a janitor is just, it's its more important than what I do. Let's just be honest. <laughs> like, I'm a, I just. I talk about Star Wars. Yeah, I, I mean, I, come on, man. I, I sit in front of the camera and I yell about Hollywood. Like, <laughs> like, come on. Like, you're you're actually like, you know, at least doing something that's that's helping. Pe- well, I don't know. I guess I, I've been told that, that I've been told by a lot of people that they find what I talk about helpful and stuff, too. But yeah, but yeah you know, it's, it, it's all important. And the janitor job is, is just as important as what we do. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd say the same thing. It's like, we're all like, if everybody was just doing what they love to do, the world would be such a beautiful place. Cause I, I, I don't think people would be in such like you talked about being in a rough place. You were out of like where you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it just affects, affects everything. It affects everything. Um, and it's like when, and it, it, it sometimes it takes people 50, 60 years yeah. Yeah. to find it like that's what I was supposed to be doing this whole time. Right. How silly of me. Right. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but the but like here they are, as long as they find it, like it's a beautiful thing. Like I I always use this phrase. Um I heard this, I heard this from a speaker who said he said, There's one place in this world that has the very best stories, movies artwork even the cures for common diseases and he goes that place is the funeral is the is a a funeral funeral home Mm. or graveyard that place is the Mm. graveyard because people sat on it and they waited too long to try to live out their dreams or passions and they died with it and so it's like don't be one of those people (laughs) that terrifies me I never yeah, want, so it's want like, that to happen. You're so. going to fail. Like we're human. We're going to make mistakes. Surround yourself with people that will deal with, you know, your shortcomings and messing up from time to time. And, and the thing is like, everyone's going to have a bad day and say, we just are. <clears throat> yeah. And, and it's yeah. like, you surround yourself with people 
you know, that will be like, all right, Jay's, you know, didn't get all his medicine today. So <laughs> we love you, but yeah, we're going to leave you alone. You go sit in the corner till you feel better. But, you know, and then, and then watch you grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mark Lee for $2 over on Rumble. It says you, you really do have the best audience. Yeah. And I, I'm appreciative of every single one of you that are here. So it's, it's fantastic. Um, all right. Some fun stuff. Yeah. Some right. fun stuff. Oh my. Woo. Oh boy. <laughs> they were playing this game, you know, where I, I owe her money from Orlando. And for those that are listening, Krista Nova just super chatted $70 Canadian, which I think is $10 more than I gave her yesterday. So, and she says on a member chat, thank you for taking me to all the parks, LOL. I think she wants me to put food in my refrigerator because <laughs> she was here. All I had was cheese. I, I don't like buy groceries when I'm about to leave somewhere because yeah. like they'll go yeah. bad. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So real quick while she's here and we'll get back to the interview. I have to play this. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Drunk 3PO's live stream. I am Vanilla P. And welcome to a Halloween special. I'm going to wreck it. <laughs> <laughs> the hell? What's going on, everybody? You're watching Drunk 3PO. I am Vanilla P. And welcome to a Halloween special. I'm going to wreck it. <laughs> you are my hero. <laughs> to Drunk 3PO's channel, I am Vanilla P. And this is a Halloween special. I'm gonna wreck <laughs> Don't cough, okay? Try not to cough. And I'm Ralph. And I'm gonna wreck it. Yeah, you're my hero. <laughs> this chair does go really back. This is what Jay does when he laughs on Mario Kart. He goes, <laughs> What did she say? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good thank you <laughs> all right she'll she'll go live soon enough and she'll get it back yeah there you have it there you have it that's awesome yeah uh, it's a, again talking about being surrounded by great people yeah um yeah you know the geese and gamers community and all of us it's just it's i've never been a part of such a uh welcoming just that being around people that clap for you when you win like mm-hmm. that to me that's big because a lot of times you'd win you'd be like hey look what i did oh bragging oh well uh, it, you know it's like jealousy yeah. and all this stuff but it's like being around people who put up with your little quirks but then when you do well they're like we're right behind you clapping and we're always mm-hmm. gonna clap it's it's, it's incredible a, man this it's is a beautiful thing it's it's crazy how amazing this community is seriously it's <laughs> and that's why people trash it so much because they don't have it mm-hmm. uh yeah they don't they, they don't yeah. have it so again appreciate your chat on rumble and on youtube and everywhere else you're listening you guys are the best all right i'm gonna have some fun I'm have some fun with josiah here well maybe oh boy uh he might have answered these already <laughs> uh other than lord of the rings what's your favorite movie or movie franchise Ooh, that's tough. Um, I have you ever seen a monster calls? No. 
Monster Calls is a fantastic film. Come right uh, Liam Neeson voices the the monster in it. It's kind of like a weird like tree monster guy, but it's it's a really good film. Uh, Inception, I love Inception. Um, mm. That's a really good one. Uh, one of my favorite films of all time is Grand Torino by Clint Eastwood. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, I man, I love that. I film. just can't. I don't like the ending. I just for some reason, I I just don't like when people die at the end. Yeah, that's but fair. I get that's it. Fair. It was such a good film. Oh my gosh! But yeah, I mean, I get yeah. it. The um, there, yeah, his sacrifice at the end um, for that kid um, instead I mean, of taking the violent route went. Yeah. When that is kind of more of like his nature is like such a really really cool symbolism in that film. Um, I know. See, I thought he was gonna go full unforgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Like in the NFL, unforgiven. That last fifteen minutes of unforgiven is probably, in my opinion, was some of the best cinema. It was. Oh my gosh! It was like no music, just like yeah. a hush of breeze, and he just. Oh my yeah. gosh! It was so mm-hmm. good. Anyway. Yeah, it's crazy. Listen to us talking talking good movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, that Thor Love and Thunder, the last five minutes. It was, yeah, you'll never hear that <laughs> from anyone. I don't even remember what the last five minutes were. <laughs> it was a <laughs> Thor gave his powers to a bunch of kids that were in prison. Oh, and one man. of them had a oh. one of them had a plushie and it had the Thor powers and she, they were killing people with the plushie. Oh, and I'm like, so did you cringe, actually did you really so, really watch that? So cringe. Um, do you have a favorite? bad film that people would be shocked that you like or guilty mine of course everyone knows is avatar you either love it or you hate it there's no middle ground with avatar yes i like avatar i love it so there i get i get all kinds of crap for it all the time but that's me i actually i i like avatar a lot yeah i'm i'm very excited i'm very excited for way of water um I every every interview that I've heard so far about the film has just gotten me more excited about it. Uh, people are, you know, all these different actors they're talking about like the family message and the family story and all that type of stuff. I'm like, that's awesome. I feel like that is lacking so much. So it's it's really cool to see that. Um, James Cameron is great, man. Like he he gave us freaking Alien and Aliens, and it's Terminator just like two. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, I, I I'm very very excited for Way of Water. Um, I, I, I really like, uh, one of my, I guess, guilty pleasure films would be Spider-Man three, same Raimi's, Ooh, uh, where Spider-Man he dances. 3. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> now a lot of it, there are a lot of things that I don't like about that film, but I do really like kind of that, the, the theme of like the darkness that he's having to fight in that film. I think it's really cool because it, it kind of takes it to a more, personal level like the villain is kind of like himself that he has to battle against in a lot of the film and i found that to be a very very cool aspect of that that movie um that's that's a little bit deeper than a lot of what superhero movies uh kind of deal with when it comes to what people are personally dealing with so i thought that was really cool so all right well you got you got to give me something like like all right so like i love (laughs) i love the ace ventura films uh-huh. I can watch those a million times over. Um, that's that's pretty hokey. <laughs> yeah. Some people yeah. again, those people are like, that's so dumb. How could you watch them? That's so funny. Of course, I like that. That's peak Jim Carrey for me, like Dumb and Dumber mm-hmm. and Ace Ventura. You don't have anything like uh 
um, anything like that, that, no, that, that could be on TV and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I used to like that. I'm not yeah, gonna, I mean, like was, Superman 3 with Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wow. That's it's, a doozy. That's a doozy right it's there. It's a bad Ooh. film, but yeah. I don't know why, man. It's just like that's like Jaws 4 <laughs> when the shark shows up in the Bahamas and you're just like, <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of there's a lot of like pretty terrible, like uh, kind of obscure movies that I like. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Hoodwinked, but yeah, I freaking <laughs> love Hoodwinked so much. That movie is just incredible. It's a it's a it's a masterpiece, to be honest. Why, why like, do you like? <laughs> I a lot of it has to do with just the the absolutely ridiculous humor that's in that film. It just kills me every time I watch it. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Um, so that one really that one's very high on the list for me. Um, I, I have some. That's I have pretty some, good. I have some friends that are like very snobbish about films, and when I tell them that, they just like they hate me every time I mention that. Uh, I have so- friends like that too. They're like, "Did it? If it didn't win an Academy Award, I want nothing to do with it. It's not on Schindler's List level. Yeah, stop it." Exactly. Uh, Dan C for five. While we're letting Josiah think, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is my guilty pleasure movie. It's so bad, but I love it. Yeah. I, I think I, all any Fast and Furious film, oh, if you man. like one of them, it's like I, I love know. the thank fast you for the five, man. I appreciate it, Dan. I love the fast franchise. It's so it's so bad, but it's so good. <laughs> it's it's it, it uh. is like you like watching, you start laughing because oh, it's so man. unbelievable, but you're like, <laughs> they better put that in this film. Yeah. <laughs> he better shoot his car in outer space. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, you know what else I love, man? The freaking um, it used to be a thing at my brother's house. We would watch the Sharknado films when they would come out. Mm-hmm. Sharknado oh, yeah. is like yeah. the absolute worst. It doesn't get worse than that, but it's just like it's so they it's it's just so good, but it's bad. They just have all these stupid cameos of people that just get eaten oh, in like man. the first five minutes. Then uh, the, the guy like cut himself out of the shark with a chainsaw or something like that in the first one. Yeah, like... It felt. He got eaten while he was falling from a building. I believe I remember correctly. The shark lands oh on the ground and he just like cuts himself out with a shotgun. Oh, uh, I love it. I love it. There's that, like 10 of them. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, they just get worse, but it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm waiting to like buy them all mm-hmm. um, so I can go through it. But so, if the crazy thing is the very first Sharknado was filmed to be like a little serious and then it became like a, like a cult classic like people are like this is so bad y'all gotta watch this yeah and then they just said well let's just make another one and then another one another one so it came out you know now now like on sharknado 12 or something right yeah one of one of my favorite directors is quentin tarantino i i Mm. love quentin tarantino's films um pretty much all of them i'm i'm a huge fan of um and uh yeah so so he would definitely be one of those directors that's like no matter what he puts out, I, I will go see it and uh, I will be excited about whatever he does. So, which is sad because we're not going to be getting Quentin Tarantino anymore after his last film. And then it's just going to be like, that's going to really? be really wise. Cause he, he is, he has always been very, very um, dedicated to this idea that he's only going to do 10 films. And then he's, he's not going to direct anymore after that. So he has one more film that he, is going to direct that he's going to make and then after that 
Um, we'll see what, what he does after that, but he's not going to be directing any more movies. He's been very steadfast on that. So interesting. Um, yeah. I, my favorite Tarantino film to this day is uh, the one with George Clooney. That's my favorite. Dust Till Dawn. Was that Tarantino, right? Uh, no. Or is that Rod- uh, He was in the film. Yeah. He wasn't a director. He was in I, the film. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he directed that. Okay. One. No. Now that no. was Rodriguez. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Quentin Tarantino was in the movie. He was one of the brothers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yep. Uh yep. Captain Wrecked for a dollar. 80s horror movies from the bad to the brilliant in practical effects, non-existent stories, but some great visuals. Total guilty pleasure. Uh yeah, them old 80s slasher films like would scare me when I was little, but when you watch them now, they could literally put those friday the 13th films minus the nudity on like regular tv now yeah because it's just so mm-hmm. terrible when his arms get cut off you're just like Ooh. yeah yeah exactly yeah. but but yeah it's like those are those are pretty bad do you have a favorite christmas film Ooh, ooh, that's ooh, that's a good one probably a christmas story ah uh, um, yes don't shoot your eye out kid all that good stuff absolute classic like there's so many great lines from that film that you can just pop off and people know exactly what you're talking about. And Red Rider is right over there. That's awesome. That is awesome. I remember when I got my first Red Rider BB gun and I was so hyped <laughs> when I was a kid. Did so. you know I made a trailer for A Christmas Story Part 2? Oh, no. No. Yeah. You did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to see it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're coming out with a, like a like older Ralphie now. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I have a feeling it's going to be terrible to, to be it, honest. I know <laughs> it, it isn't, but that's where we are, man. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like they're gonna, yeah. So, some reason, I was we watched a Christmas story. And I, was like, I told my brother, I was like, dude, what if, um, what if like Black Bart was real? And he mm. comes back to kill off like Ralphie. Oh, jeez! To like, you know, defend himself again. <laughs> That's so, so good. I was like, I'm make this film. So like, here's like, so we shot this teaser. There it is, right there. Christmas Story, The Return wow. of Bart. And I just I threw it on I threw it on this channel for some reason. I have to watch that now. Yeah, it's only 50 seconds. I'll I'll put it on. Yeah, um, it's yeah. my shining. It's my shining moment. That's in, great. Uh, in <laughs> cinema, let's see. That I, I mean, that sounds it. way more interesting than what they're doing with this toy or a Toy Story, a Christmas Story too. Like it, it's basically like a lot of it's just kind of a repeat of the original, just with his kids. Yeah, yeah. All right, here it is. Can you hear it? Yeah. We lived in peace for so long. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez. What? Even though many people thought this was a dream. But he's back. And he's back for me. There I am as Ralphie. That's so good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. This is my town. Took it from me. You took everything from me. I'm back. Okay, Black Bart. 
make sure you drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude! <laughs> like that—that's ridiculous, dude. That looks way better than what they're doing with this this weird sequel <laughs> that they have coming out. It's like I would rather see that story. That like I mean, it's that's that's fun, man. That's fun. I love it. I know. I was like. He came over for a day so and um, he brought, he has a really nice, he has a really nice camera. And uh, I was like, uh, look at Brian, my friend, Brian, I miss skinny Jay. And uh, I was like, dude, let's film this. And then when my, I was like, how do you want black Bart?" I was like, I want him as a gangster. And then when my brother put on the suit, I was like, man, you look like Pitbull, the rapper. And <laughs> so I was like, I was like, it's all right. Let's just go for it, you know? And so, yeah, um, we filmed it over at, at uh, someone's house. And I was like, the, the music was a guy that made the music. I found it on YouTube. It was like cinematic music. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I just sent him a message just out of like, I said, hey, man, I'm doing this. Like, do you mind if I like, can I just use this? And he's like, uh, what's it for? And I told him and he, he was just like, dude, I love that. Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> so that's awesome. Oh, yeah. man. And so I went and bought a Ralphie Christmas, like Halloween. Dude, costume. you look like Ralphie. It's crazy. <laughs> you put on the glasses and I and you have like his, his costume on. I'm like, man, the Ralphie from the. Yeah. From, yeah. Like, he was. Uh, and I had great. to get, I got blue contacts. I, I ordered them off Amazon for $4. Wow. And when they came in, I was like, uh, <laughs> am I going to go blind for life? Cause they're like four bucks. And so I put them in and like, uh, immediately my eyes started burning and I'm going, all right, I literally got two hours with the blue eyes. So we got to get my stuff filmed quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like constantly putting drops in my eyes and like, but, uh man but yeah no we had a lot of fun and that's a, that's the beauty of like letting just being creative and having mm-hmm. fun with your friends and mm-hmm. just doing this and you know we didn't again we shot it with a with a camera and we did voiceover work it wasn't mm-hmm. even and i did it all from my home computer so uh, there's no excuses not at least not to have fun i mean we weren't yeah. doing it on the scale yeah. of what you were doing but it was like mm-hmm. eh, let's just have some fun um mark lee for two dollars says i have an attorney friend over on rumble um named jeff marty and his ex-wife was in sharknado 5 stacy dash oh really that's awesome man (laughs) uh they filmed the sharknado films here in uh universal studios orlando oh really or at least two of them okay i remember so i remember being around the theme parks and they closed off certain areas because they were filming sharknado so wow. that was pretty that was pretty cool. Yeah, I still have the costume, everyone. Everyone's asking. It's like, I still have it. That's really cool. So if I ever have to bring it out again, be Ralphie. If Josiah <laughs> gets something creative, he's like, let's do a fun short film. Yeah. With the sheriff of Ralphie. Uh, oh man. I'm I'm there, man. I'm Not there a bad for idea. you. Not a bad idea. <laughs> it would be it would probably get millions of views as people would want to watch, like yeah. something yeah. like that. That's really cool. I don't know, Chad. Would you like to see that? Would you like to see like Ralphie just go ham with like Black Bart as like as a mob boss gangster? <laughs> and then like you know, at the end of the film, like you just wake up and be like, "Oh, I had another one of those daydreams." Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
That'd be a great twist. That'd be a really good twist. I, I love think that. That would be fun. Man, that's awesome. uh, let's see what else I got for you. Um, what was your what was your biggest disappointment in Hollywood? Was there was there a film or a show? And it can't be Rings of Power because that's oh man, that's, yeah. on a, that's that's on a scale of like disappointment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We don't even know. Of but... course, immediately it would have been Rings of Power. But yeah, well, um... I mean, well, what I'm talking about is like, like, like for me, mm-hmm. uh, I was super hyped for the Last Jedi. Yeah, I want to see Luke Skywalker, and that was, that was, there was no more bigger disappointment for me than that. So, yeah. did you have, yeah. did you have like a mm. major? Yeah, I mean, there's been some films that I've been excited about coming out that obviously i've been disappointed by um as far as just like what would be my my major that's really tough because there's just so much <laughs> that i'm disappointed by um yeah. man it's like i feel like i'm kind of at a point now where there are very few things that actually come out that i am really really enjoying that um even this this year alone like there there's maybe like four films three or four films that have come out this year that i actually thoroughly was like that that was a good movie i really enjoyed that favorite movie of the year for me so far obviously would be uh probably the northman i don't know if you've seen the northman i have not seen it but everyone's they said that it was really good yeah it was really good really good um yeah i don't know man that that's 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 a really tough one we'll that's just really give you the one. rings of power i i kind of figured yeah. it would have been that because it, like yeah easily such a huge lord of the rings person easily like that that takes the cake of of everything for me for sure um i mean i remember i remember when they announced that they were going to be making a lord of the rings show and i was so excited man i was like this is gonna be cool and because it was amazon i was thinking oh well it's gonna be kind of like it's not going to be tied to like, you know, Warner brothers or Disney or any of this type of stuff. It's going to be Amazon doing their own thing. I was like, maybe there's actually some hope for this to be good. And, um, well, <laughs> we saw how that turned out, but man, when they, when they announced that it was going to be like in the second age and all of that type of stuff, I was like, dude, this is so cool. I can't wait. You know, what's, you know, what's what we're seeing uh, even today, uh, as we're doing this podcast is that, We've been calling out a lot of these Hollywood, whatever that, you know, agenda pushing, things like that for for a few years now. And we've, we've said, like, listen, you keep making films like this. Eventually, you know, the whole you're going to you're going to lose money. And yeah. once you start losing significant amount of money, then you're going to take notice. Well, it was announced that Facebook had to fire thousands of people. Disney has now announced because they were so far in the red. Um, if it wasn't for their uh, theme parks in Orlando and California, they they would be in a, a big red. And that's the only thing that's kept them afloat. Well, they have announced huge like layoffs and hiring freezes and changes and things like that. Like I said, like they're putting Andor on free TV. Hopefully, you know, that they'll get more subscribers on their Disney Plus and now Amazon has announced that they're firing thousands. And you look at these companies that, and it's like, you know, 
Uh, the owner of Amazon, B, uh, Jeff Bezos. How do you say his last name? You know what I'm talking I about. I say Bezos. I've heard a lot Bezos. of people say Bozos, but yeah. Yeah. I said Bozos for so long. Like it, <laughs> it's like in my head now. It, you look at like, it says like he's worth like billions of dollars. You know, Mark Zuckerberg's yeah. worth billions of dollars. Disney's mm-hmm. worth. But if they're worth so much, how, why are they laying off and firing and doing cuts and all that stuff of like, it's not like they're firing five people. Right. You know, I think, I think right. I tweeted out Amazon was doing like tens of thousands. That's insane. And it's oh like, gosh, yeah. And, and, and it, it's just going and it's all happened like this week, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. you, it mm-hmm. just makes you wonder like, how long are they going to keep this stuff up? Right. Yeah. Right, right here. Amazon plans to lay off approximately 10,000 people as soon as this week. It was a report that came out. And then of course the day before Disney says that they're going to be laying off uh, tons of people as well. So yeah. It's... Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you think that's their and... wake up call finally, or I would, I would like to think that, maybe <laughs> i mean mm. I, I i don't know man i don't know i i don't think that if if anything it would only be because of the money and it would only be because they they know that they need to do something differently but especially with disney i don't know how much they are going to actually change just because they because they do have like the parks that they can continue to rely on financially. Well, let me tell you something before you continue with that. Let me tell you about the parks. For the first time in history, Universal Studios in Orlando and Islands of Adventure has surpassed attendance records over all the Disney parks except for the Magic Kingdom. That's never happened before. It's usually all the Disney parks, then Universal, and right. then, then the rest. That's so amazing. for the first time in its yeah. history, it has overpassed all the parks except for the Magic Kingdom. So I, I'm like, I'm look, I sit so, back and I look at all this, and you're like, mm-hmm. you're not making money on your movies. You're losing mm-hmm. billions on streaming. The theme mm-hmm. parks is your only heartbeat right now, and it's and like, even those are and it's starting to go down. You know, as far yeah. as attendance, right? Like, right? And now all of a sudden mm-hmm. they want to fire people and not hire anyone and mm-hmm. bob chapek comes out with a memo saying no more corporate fly like it, it's weird it's like all the little things to try to look like you're making money but basically yeah. you're just kind of yeah. cutting back yeah and so you know and yeah. amazon is doing the same thing and these are people that run properties that mm-hmm. suck <laughs> i mean yeah yeah and even with uh we've heard like different things that are coming from amazon that the show runners have said and some of that type of stuff where they're like yeah you know season two it's gonna be the season you wanted with season one it's gonna be canonical and all this type of stuff and it's like well why didn't you do that with the first season why didn't yeah. you give us what what we wanted as fans with the first season you you guys kept on talking the entire time leading up to Rings of Power that you couldn't do, make it canonical because yeah. of these restrictions, but suddenly you can now with season two. Like, obviously, I think that there 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 had I, there was probably a lot of very very unhappy people at Amazon with the performance of Rings of Power, and uh, you know we we keep on hearing these reports that the showrunners are going to be restricted to just the the writers' room now, and all, which is insane to me even with that i don't know why you would continue to let these guys write the show with how horrendous of a job they did with the first season but you know all these different maybe they'll bring on some other writers too and stuff i don't know but but um but yeah it's it's very obvious that despite 
all of the narrative that they continue to try to push that Rings of Power was, was this massive success. We all know that it wasn't a success. We can yeah. all look at the actual numbers and be like, yeah, okay, this did not go the way that Amazon wanted it to go. So are they going to make changes that will actually, you know, uh, help the story? Maybe, but I, I think that, I think if Amazon actually wanted to do the right thing and if they wanted to actually do the thing that's going to be best for Lord of the Rings and for the fans, they should just start from scratch again, start from ground zero, create something new, make it second age again if you want to, but just don't make it still part of this trash fire that you gave us with the first season. Just start from, from scratch, you know, and there'd probably be a lot of fans that would give you more grace than if you were just like, Oh, we're going to continue on with this series that we're doing, but we're going to suddenly become canonical now, which I don't even know how you're going to do that with the amount of damage that you've done with the first season. So you're absolutely correct. And in closing, um, they were going to promote your stuff, but I agree with you a hundred percent that we as fans are quick to forgive. Yep. If you come out and go, yeah, you know, (laughs) kind of messed up there. Can you give us one more shot? We're going to do it the right way. I remember um, when Sonic the Hedgehog came yes. out. That's yes. always been my best example. That is the best They released example, the trailer, yeah. and we're all like, what the freak? <laughs> yep. What is that? Yeah, And they we go, you don't like crap it? crap out of it. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, you don't like our Sonic? They're like, no, it looks terrible. Yeah. Like, make it like what we know. Mm-hmm. All right. It's, we're, they pushed the movie back eight months, and yep. I wasn't going to see it. But when they did that, I was like, yes, I want to show these studios that I will support that, you know, and I think they made a lot more money that that was they were able to get a sequel done um, with that because more people supported them. And they got a lot of backlash from Hollywood for doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which was really crazy. And that's another reason why I went too, because like I could see these Hollywood people like they should never have done that. Never listen to these people. They're never happy, never satisfied. And you're like, what are y'all talking about? They did exactly what we what we look out. Look how happy the fans were when they actually went and saw Sonic because you actually made Sonic look like Sonic. (laughs) I know exactly. Like fans, fans are happy. Fans are fans love these things. That's why we are criticizing them. That's why we continue to complain about it because we want them to tell good stories. We want them. We are trying to hold them to a high standard. And that's like the same thing with like, uh, you know, all this like identity politics stuff that they continue to push out. Like the reason why so many people are criticizing the way that Hollywood is handling things like identity politics is because we know that they can actually give better characters, well-written characters to, you know, minorities or whatever else you want to say, you know, like they can actually do it. We've seen it happen before. We've seen many, many good characters that have been written throughout the history of Hollywood that have been for minorities that have been fantastic characters. But then when they start to give us crap because they're trying to just fill, you know, check off a box, we can see that. And we're like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. I, it's it's so stupid, you know. Like first black superhero. Wait, didn't y'all have Blade? Yeah, Shh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Yep. yep. First female superhero, Captain Marvel. Wait, didn't you have like Wonder Woman? Yep. Yep. It's like we're not that dumb. 
No, exactly. But yeah. they think we yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And fans loved Blade. And he was black. What? Crazy. Yeah, where Almost. was the backlash? Yeah. Where was the, you know, where was the protest? Where was everyone upset? Nobody. We all Nobody. went to the theater and we freaking loved it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. We freaking Same. loved yeah. it. Same thing with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is iconic for a reason. It isn't, you know, droves and droves of women that are going out to support Wonder Woman. Like, was it Gal Gadot or was it someone else? Someone, no, it was uh, it was Elizabeth Banks when she was talking about Charlie's Angels, the newest one that came out a couple of years ago, which was a t- terrible film and it flopped horrendously in the box yep. office. She was complaining about that because uh, she was talking about Wonder Woman and how. Uh, the reason why Wonder Woman is successful is because it's supported mostly by dudes, but those same dudes didn't go out and see Charlie's Angels or or whatever else. And she was basically just trying to make it, you know, a victim story and stuff. But she is true that the reason why Wonder Woman is iconic is because men support Wonder Woman. Men love Wonder Woman. Yeah. That is the reason why she is the icon that she is. So I absolutely. And that and I think what I've seen these past few years, the biggest thing, and it's it's getting comical at this point, is that people from Hollywood can't take an L. They can't put out crap and say, yeah, it wasn't our best. No, they blame fans. Yep. You know? Yep. You didn't go see Bros. You're homophobic. Yeah. I don't want to see that film. I have no interest. <laughs> I'm, I wasn't going to begin with. Well, you're homophobic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Right, right. Because you, because I want to spend my money the way I want to spend it. Like, right. are you serious? Yep. Exactly. And, and it's, yeah. it's. I remember um, that horrific Christmas show that came out last year, Santa Inc. from Seth, Seth Rogen, I think, made it at Claymation for HBO. Mm, oh yeah. And we were all oh, being man. like, "This is the This is terrible. Like, like, just delete it." And he goes, "Yeah, uh, white supremacists aren't watching this, so I need everybody." To... I'm like. <laughs> what <laughs> can't you take an L and just say we made crap and like, Hey, we'll try again. I'm like, I uh-huh. would respect him more if he's like, well, I thought it was funny for me. So I'm sorry. You know, maybe we'll like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll listen to the room a little bit better next time. And I'm like, all right, thank you. You know, no mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Like no problem. But yeah, Lisa, <laughs> yeah. Lisa, keeps saying Lisa, Lisa is correct. We didn't make this for you. That excuse is like, who are you making all this stuff for? Because mm-hmm. nobody likes it. Who are you making yep. it for? Your cousin Billy? Like, yeah. is that that it? Yeah, she's oh. she's so correct. Cause then right after that, she's like, "Why didn't you come see our movie?" It's yeah. like, yeah, that's a, that's what they do. They're like, "We didn't make this for you, but you better still come watch it." <laughs> it's crazy, and like yeah. that's, and I think, you know, like even with Star Wars, I think that's the driving. Like most mm-hmm. people, just like you said, we just want good stories. But yeah. when Star Wars comes out, and it's like, no, well, you're not supporting the Reva character, so. Mm-hmm. You're probably a racist. And yeah, you're like, right, right. Yeah. what? Yep, exactly. And so the I mean, most people see that and they're just like, yeah, I was talking to my mom and dad about that. They're like, I'm not watching Star Wars no more. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to get involved in all that nonsense, you yeah, know? And it's just yeah. like, and, and that's what's happening. It's just like, it's nonsense. Yeah. And so and, that, now they wonder, mm-hmm. they're like, I thought y'all liked Andor. It's like, it's good, right? It's like, you've been trashing us for years. Yep. Most people yep. are like, I'm done. Now, if I I, I guarantee you, though, maybe, I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but I, I really do believe that if tomorrow, Lucasfilm, Disney, whatever, they come out and they're like, 
you know, we we completely effed up Star Star Wars. We see that. You know, forget all of this. We're gonna start from scratch again with just the you know the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy being canon. We're gonna start from scratch again. I think they would actually. I think they would actually start to do well again if they started from scratch and they were like, okay, we we know that we effed up and we want to tell good good Star Wars stories once again. We're getting rid of Kathleen Kennedy. We're, you know, we're going to bring in some actual good filmmakers to work on Star Wars, all of this type of stuff. You know, like, I think that they would actually, maybe, maybe Star Wars is too far gone at this point. We're hungry for it, but I, know, I think so. But, I think, we, I think yeah. we'd be a little, uh, you know, we'd sit back for a minute and be like, all they would right. still have to prove themselves. Let's see sure. what's going on here. They would still have to prove themselves to us, but, um, but yeah, but, I think that, I, the, but yeah. Josiah, the craziest thing, and I appreciate the extra time you're staying. Yeah. The uh, the craziest thing is that most of these franchise, almost all of these franchises, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, they have the material already written for them. Yeah, and they yeah. want to make it so difficult. It's like no, you're, you're doing all this extra work. You could go to any bookstore or go on Amazon, type in Star Wars, and find a cool trilogy. And just make that movie. The script is written. It's all there. Yeah. It's all set. Yeah. It's cool. Like, put it on the film. No problem. If you want to have two girls kiss for a second in the end, hey, whatever. But just give us the, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, uh, and Lord of the Rings, too. Yeah. You know, Tolkien's yeah. like, here. It's all here. Yeah, exactly. Have at it. Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's you literally have, like, one of the most popular books ever written in history right at your fingertips and you completely f it up <laughs> like exactly you, you same think thing. you think that you can write a like they the showrunners were literally they were like we're going to tell this the, the we're going to write the novel that tolkien never wrote or something like that it's like yeah. are you are you guys insane yeah. <laughs> that should never come out of your mouth <laughs> no. ever you and know? that's something that with with epic verse we're, we're seeing all of the stuff that's going on with hollywood and we want to do things differently. We want to, obviously we want to tell good stories. That's, that's paramount for us. We also want to respect our fans and we want to actually build a community of people around our, our projects that we are doing, which is why, you know, whenever we release a project, we're actually going to have interaction with our, with our audience. We're going to hear what people have to say. We want, we want to hear what people have to say. We want to see what, what people are feeling, what they, what they think and, whether it's negative, positive, whatever else, because it all is going to help us in the long run, as long as it's obviously constructive criticism and it's not just, you know, a bunch of weirdos on Twitter with, you know, Ukraine and rainbow flags and their profile pics that just hate us no matter what we do. But from people that are actual, like, that want to see us succeed, they will give us either constructive criticism or they will love what we're doing and we will take it all. So that is, you know, that that's what we are going to be doing as far as our approach to Epicverse. That is something that Hollywood has completely thrown to the wayside. I totally agree. Um, where can people learn more about Epicverse? Yeah, so Epicverse, obviously, we are still keeping our cards uh, close to the chest for now, but we are planning on doing a very big community reveal for Epicverse next year, and I'm very, very excited for that. And uh, in the meantime, you can go to epicverse.tv. And, uh, I'm going to put the link in the chat. We, we do have a little bit of stuff on there for you guys to, to check out, but at the moment, we still don't have 
a whole lot. Obviously, it takes a lot to actually make movies and and shows and all that type of stuff. So, so we are, you know, we are working, we are grinding, we are trying to create the best stories that we can for you guys, and that is what we are vigilantly working on right now. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to see what we are doing next year. Are you excited? I am. I am. I'm very excited. I. And uh, honestly, I think that the Orlando meetup was a was a very good uh, kind of reassurance for me that there are people that are actually excited. Like, uh, I kind of, I to be honest, I deal with a lot of like, uh, what's it called, like uh, imposter syndrome or whatever else, you know what sure. I mean? Um, and so when I was actually there at the meetup and like literally every single person that came up to talk to me was asking me about Epicverse and they're like, oh, I'm really excited for what you guys are doing with Epicverse. And, and all this stuff is like, man, people are actually excited about what we're doing and they just want to be entertained really cool. brother yeah entertain exactly. us man yeah absolutely yeah so that's that's what we're going to be focused on we're just going to have fun with what we're doing with the stories that we're telling and we hope that you guys uh enjoy what we create so awesome last last rumble rant from mike thank you guys for watching on rumble listening on itunes or spotify wherever it is uh mark for two dollars says make timothy zahn's trilogy but not under current management i couldn't agree more so thank you guys for being here with us go check out epicverse.tv josiah rises youtube channel is in the top of the description you can check that out there have all the information for you uh thanks for being here man thank you for having me on we're excited great conversation no man we talk about movies we just go on and on and on absolutely josiah hang out for just one second all right y'all we are are out of here. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you were inspired today. To hear more of the conversation, check out our Patreon or become a member of the channel. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode. And welcome to the rebellion.